Happy National Cat Lovers Month, everyone. This is Liz, and here's the lineup of episodes for you to share with your feline friend in December of 2022. It's our annual end-of-the-year recap on this month's Popping Callers. Hear what we think are the most perfect pop culture moments of 2022. Greg has a captivating new interview on Under the Stole this month. He welcomes director Lila Neugebauer on the pod to talk about her feature film debut, Causeway, starring Jennifer Lawrence and Brian Tyree Henry. Breakout the Gowns and Tuxedos is going on 30 celebrates its third annual Golden Poppers this month. See what movies our listeners thought were the cat's meow. Finally, Greg and Ryan's journey on the Camino de Santiago has finally reached the end of its nine lives when they discuss the region of Galicia and what it feels like to arrive at one of the world's most famous cathedrals. Don't worry, we're just kitten around with all these cat puns. <laughs> what we really want to say is thanks for being with Popping Colors all year long, and we look forward to bringing you wonderful new shows in 2023. Keep those collars popped. My name's Greg Knight, and I like watching, thinking about, and talking about movies. One of the great things about starting your own podcast is that there are some days where you get to actually talk to the creators of those movies. This is one of those days. This month, I got the chance to talk to Lila Neugebauer, the director of a film called Causeway, starring Jennifer Lawrence and Brian Tyree Henry. It's currently streaming on Apple TV+. Letterboxd describes the movie this way. A U.S. soldier suffers a traumatic brain injury while fighting in Afghanistan and struggles to adjust to life back home in New Orleans. When she meets local mechanic James, the pair begin to forge an unexpected bond. I'll tell you that this is a movie that shows tremendous restraint and puts an incredible amount of trust in its actors to convey their buried emotions and in the audience to follow what's going on. So what inspired this theater director to jump into her first feature film? Find out as I keep things under the stole with Lila Neugebauer. But before we chat, here's the trailer. Hey, you good? Hey, look, if it get dark now, you just ride it, okay? Yeah. Yeah. How do I do that? All right, what's dog? Being back here. You don't got love for this city? It's not the city. Then what is Sorry. Hello. Hey, I'm no so worries. sorry that I'm that I'm audio only. Forgive me. I'm just in transit, but I'm so happy to talk to you. Thanks so much for taking the time. No, awesome. Thank you. Like I let me just start by saying congratulations on this film and the way it's being received and everything. It's just like for a 
feature debut. Like, man, what an amazing way to come out of the gates, right? Oh, thank you. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, thank you again, Lila, for doing this and for talking to me. I always start these interviews the same way, which is like, I'm really curious about like, what is the origin for you know, this sort of artistic endeavor, this creative process, you know, I, I always start by asking, what is it that happened in your life? Or what's the story that made you think, you know what, that's, that's kind of what I want to do. I want to make art. How much time do you have to, <laughs> Yeah, right. For, for the, for the <laughs> accumulated experiences of my childhood that somehow led me down this strange path? What I can tell you is that I, you know, I've primarily been a theater director for the last 15 years. And I directed a play for the first time when I was 17. And I think I had a a, a kind of, I mean, I was only 17, (laughs) but there was something revelatory for me in that first experience in terms of the parts of myself that I was in touch with when I was doing it and something about shepherding a group of people through a transformative experience and then creating an ephemeral, spontaneous community with another group of people for just one night. Every aspect of that felt, yeah, revelatory for me in terms of learning something about how I might be useful to the people around me. (laughs) Um, And uh, I kept trying to do that. And And I kept looking to chase that feeling and chase that opportunity. And, um, you know, now I also happen to, to do that in other mediums. Um, but, but feel like it's, it's rooted in what I learned about myself when I first did it. No, I love that because that makes it relational, right? It's not about like, I have this individual sort of vision, like everything has to come from this sort of community based thing. Otherwise it doesn't, it doesn't work. Certainly. I mean, I'm not a painter, you know, yeah. and my, my work, it relies on other people. And for me, it is about the communion with other people in the making and in the sharing. Yeah. So I imagine then the follow-up question is probably one that you get a lot, which is, so there must be pretty big differences, I guess, between directing <laughs> in the theater and directing on film, right? There are, yes. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. what was the biggest, what was the biggest sort of um, dissonance between those two things? Processes are structured so differently. Yeah. And just thinking about what I was just saying about other people and how a lot of the filmmaking process you um <laughs> you're 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 encountering a kind of changing landscape of the people that you're working with when you are the director because you are the through line it, it's it's hard for me to distill but in attempting to distill i i would say the endurance required in feature filmmaking has been um uh new <laughs> yeah. um it also, you know, this was a somewhat unorthodox process because the photography on this film was broken up across two years by virtue of a kind of constellation of setbacks that include the pandemic, but are not limited to the pandemic. Um, So it required a a great deal of stamina and resilience for everyone involved to finish it. Um, But I would say, yeah, being the through line and the responsibility of that and the the pleasure of that um, was new. I want to talk a little bit about kind of the vision of the film and the 
artistry of the the filmmaking itself but I really have like acting questions for you you know because sure. I'm thinking as a director you're you're probably sort of figuring out how do we craft these performances right with the actors and stuff so I'm not a film critic you know like I I just kind of watch and observe and sure. sort of like ask questions about like what it was that sort of came up for me but like sure so much of this movie that I saw were just sort of like images of surfaces right so like the surface mm. of the water the surface of the glass at the prison mm. like all these different surfaces and mm. it made me think that your actors like what they were feeling was underneath the surface of whatever their performance was so how do you sort of draw out like through the camera what it is that you want them to communicate but still have that sort of surface up? you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. I do. And in fact, you're, you're, um, you're tracing around lots of possible <laughs> titles that I considered when trying to name this movie. <laughs> Re resurfacing right. something about trying to find something beneath the surface. Anyway, right. you're, um, yeah, you're, you're all over it. Um, both what, what your question leads me to observe is the particular gifts of Brian Tyree Henry and Jennifer Lawrence. Mm. Those yeah. are both actors whose inner life <laughs> is transmitted with such immediacy and intensity into the lens. Mm -hmm. You know, you, um, you have identified, you know, part of what um, excited me about the proposition of this movie, even from the earliest drafts of the, of the screenplay for this film, which, you know, we, we developed um, mm -hmm. over a period of time, but even from the earliest drafts, the, the proposition that the primary transformation in a film could transpire inside people yeah. was yeah. very uh, compelling to me and, and felt really worthwhile. Uh, mm -hmm. Certainly that what the nature of those transformations were, were also very appealing to me, but the idea that that would be the, that that would be the battleground of the film, the in the in internal life of the characters would be the battleground. Um, and here are two actors who's who it's as if their skin for me, when I watch them, it's as if their skin is translucent. What is happening inside them is I think revealed so beautifully and so truthfully, um, you know, primarily through the portal of their eyes. Right. I, I think that's beautiful because because there's another way that this movie goes, just based on a little bit of research of sort of the development of Red, White and Water and how it yeah. comes to you and the, you know, the COVID complications, but also, you know, some of the, I don't know, I imagine just shooting, shooting on location in New Orleans complications that comes yes. with yes. making a movie like this, right? Like, you know, the nature of film is this constant mantra of show don't tell right because you have the camera so just show what you want to show but there's another version of this movie that's really a melodrama right where like jennifer lawrence gives the oscar speech and you know there's a second line so that you can show that you're in new orleans but you didn't go that way we, we didn't get the flashback to her injury in this movie it was just like it's okay the audience we can trust the audience to see through the eyes of these characters. I mean, was that your vision for this movie throughout? Yes. <laughs> but <laughs> but I but I also do want to credit the 
I, I want to credit the the writers on this project, and I want to and I want to acknowledge that the DNA of this film mm-hmm. is rooted in that original screenplay, Red, White, and Water, that I read. That mm-hmm. was always a piece which had a kind of quiet poetry, a, a lyricism, a patience, and it was never I w- it was never a, a plot forward undertaking. Mm-hmm. The, the, the thing I was just describing, the idea that the primary journey would be inside, that was that was that characterized the earliest draft that I read. I think it's a huge part of what drew me to the project, that mm-hmm. that sensibility and proposition. That said, as I can tell, you have you have done some research about this. That's very gracious. A little of you. bit. <laughs> you there there we did shoot flashbacks. And oh, you did. in light of we did. And hmm. so um my incredible production designer Jack Fisk turned a landfill in New Orleans into an army base in Afghanistan. Wow. And that photography was incredibly successful on cinematic terms. It was beautiful. We shot it on 16. It was more emotional, more kinetic. Mm-hmm. Um, it was sort of hotter photography. And, um, you know, you talk about, you said, show, don't tell. Yeah. In theory, that would have been a way to show. Right. But what was becoming apparent to me painfully, because I loved that photography, mm-hmm. some of it was some of my favorite stuff that we shot it became apparent to me that what this movie was most concerned with showing was not the trauma itself. Right. It was most interested in showing how we process the trauma and how we live one quiet sometimes day at a time in its wake. And so ultimately my feeling was that the most disciplined version of the film, the most focused version elided that material entirely. So I I did chaplaincy work at a VA hospital in Palo Alto. Oh wow. With, and that's like that's what I appreciate about this movie is that like that was that's the experience that you get. You get you know what it is that the conflict has created. You don't get to experience what it is that they went through. That's not part of their story. You are, you are arriving at their story at this later moment. Mm-hmm. And that's what I really appreciate about the movie is that it it trusts you as an audience member to kind of put that together, like what it is, you know. I'm so, so delighted to hear that. It, it, it really is my hope that there's um, space for the viewer in this film, mm-hmm. that there's space to be processing, to be reflecting, to be drawing inferences. Um, and I'm really glad that was your experience. Awesome. I, I love it. And I'm lo- I love that you crafted it as, like we said at the very beginning, as a community. It seems like a very sort of like communal process, the making of this movie. And, um, and what you created was beautiful. So congratulations. Oh, thank you. So appreciate your <laughs> kindness and your wonderful thoughts. So it's great yeah. to talk to you. Absolutely. Thanks for talking to me. And uh, thank you. Have a great day. Take care. You as well. Thank you.